May we kindly begin our time with a word of prayer, and I'll be praying for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you that we can come before you with hearts um, full of gratitude, with hearts full of songs of praise unto your name. We thank you that you have spoken in various times and in various ways to your people in the past. And thank you that in these last days, you have spoken in your Son, in the incarnate word. We pray that may you graciously open our eyes once again, that we may see the truth of your word. May you open our ears to hear your word. May you graciously open our hearts that we may gain understanding and wisdom of your word. We pray that you will bless our time this evening and all of this, um, gracious Father, we ask so that your name may be glorified. Amen. Amen. As Brother Stephen um, preached this morning and exhorted us that we may walk in the manner worthy of the gospel, my desire this evening is to help us understand that the worthy walk will not come easy. It will be a challenging walk. It will be difficult. They would be full of trust. We would encounter various kinds of them. And still, um, we need to have that perseverance. We need to continue in the faith. And I know that there may be some who started with us, and <clears throat> for some reason, um, they are no longer with us. They are no longer in the faith. Because that's what also would happen um, in this journey. We would face trials. And some, unfortunately, would be proven that they never were with us from the beginning. And so faith um, trials helps us that those who are genuine, um, we will be tested and we would persevere. And unfortunately, those who are not, um, they will fall by the wayside. John Bunyan, um, in his um, famous book, Pilgrim's Progress, um, gives us a helpful metaphor to understand the Christian walk and a Christian life. And that's actually what is um, in the, contained in the book of James, that it helps us understand the practical living of a Christian. And I quote from this book, um, because Christian and hopeful were finding the narrow way difficult. John Bunyan writes, Now the way from the river was rough, and because their feet were already sore from their travels, they became very discouraged. They continued to press on, but began to wish to, to, for a better way. Before long, they saw a pleasant-looking field lying in front of them on the left side of the road. It was called Bypass Meadow. Christian said to Hopeful, this is the way I want to go because it will make our traveling much easier, close quote. And so many of us find a Christian journey to be difficult. The road indeed is rough. We feel discouraged. We feel despondent. We feel like we, 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 are, we are disappearing. It's, it's, it's painful. It's hard. But we continue to press on but wishing 
for a better way that will make our Christian living much easier. And unfortunately, before long, um, some are deceived and become worldly and are led astray. God never promised that our lives will be easier. He never promised that he will keep us from, from troubles and trials. But he, will, he has promised that he will keep you through troubles and trials. So as we encounter trials... How are we then to respond in order um, to show that we have a genuine faith in Christ Jesus? How should we then respond to trial? How is the ungodly um, way of responding to trials? And as we turn um, our Bibles to the book of James, or you may um, in your, turn your devices um, to the book of James chapter 1, um, looking at this, we would see how um, we should respond to trials as Christians. I will read um, verses 1 to verse 12, and I will give us the outline from, drawn from this passage. As read before, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Let him ask in faith without, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and, and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away, for the sun rises and is scorching heat, and with us the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes, so also the rich man fades away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And this is um, the reading of God's word. And as we see from this, this passage, from just the beginning of verse 1, the introduction is that this, the author of this book is James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ. He originally rejected um, Jesus as the Messiah, but eventually um, trusted in him after seeing um, the resurrection of Jesus. So James was associated with the apostles, and he was one of the key leaders in the Jerusalem church. And so because of um, the people end up um, scattered abroad um, may, because of persecution, and perhaps it was under Herod Agrippa by then, and as such, most of this, um, the letter, because of James was primarily writing to the Jewish um, group, believers, um, then it is more um, full of the Jewish in nature and contain most of the Old Testament um, reference. 
And so as we look at this passage and seeking to know how can we then respond to trials, James gives us um, three ways, three godly ways to respond to trials. Firstly, he said we must um, be joyful. We must be joyful. And he say it um, in, a clear, in a simple, plain way. It's like, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And so he explained why we should count it all joy. But me and you would say, like, we, we often don't feel like being joyful in the midst of, in the midst of trials. There is usually nothing um, joyful or joyous um, when you go through suffering. If you lose your job, if you lose one of the loved ones, if um, you find yourself um, losing your health, it's, it's not easy, it's not um, joyful, but um, James is asking and commanding us to count it all joy. Why? He gives a reason, and simply because it is not much more that I would say, like, hey, I'm, 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 ju- I'm just so joyful that I lost my job. I'm just so joyful that my health is deteriorating, but more so understanding that um, this is um, the will of God, and so the approach should be different, should be that I am so happy, uh, I am uh, I know um, that, that God has my best interest at heart. And so I know that I'm losing my job um, is an opportunity for me to rely on the Lord instead of on my own understanding. So there's a way of seeing, looking at trials in such a way that we don't feel like um, we can question um, the fairness of God. We can question even where is God during that times. Trials are going to come. Trials are going to be painful. But then James continued to help us to see that actually the purpose of God is not um, to destroy us or punish us or, or, or discipline us because of sin that we have um, or might have committed. But that no. He has a purpose, and his purpose is to mature us. His purpose is to strengthen us. His purpose is to help us um, persevere in the faith. And because now we know that um, trials do not take God by surprise, he actually allows them. And because of he wants us, um, firstly, to know that um, we are true Christians, when we do not fall apart and curse God. And so now we know that actually God is more concerned about us conforming to the image of Christ. And he will bring anything and, um, to whoever and whenever um, to the point where we will be able to draw closer to him. That's what he wants of us. That's what he wants um, of every Christian that we um, become complete in, in, in him, lacking nothing. So the Lord wants to bring us up to maturity, and he will do that slowly but surely. He will do that um, through trials. 
we will suffer, and those who suffer well, they will prove themselves to be genuine um, Christians. But not only do we need to count it all joy as a, good, as a godly response, but also we need to be prayerful. And I think this is really connected to the first part, to say, um, count it all joy. And we might find it a challenge and a struggle to do so. And James called it that it's lacking of wisdom. And so he said, like, if anyone lacks wisdom, um, let him ask God. And so he's not putting it in a sense that there are those who have enough of it and there are those who are um, lacking. But I think, in fact, he requires that each person to examine himself and be humble enough to confess that I need wisdom. I don't always respond godly um, to trials. I throw tantrums like a little child. I, I, I struggle. I, I, I become so bitter and angry, and I harbor this bitterness for a while, but, um, and, and I need this wisdom. We all need wisdom. We all don't respond um, godly when we go through, through trials. And I want to tell you this because um, we might just think, like, what is wisdom? What do we need? We just need to accept it just like that. That is from God. I can, I can do that. I, I can accept that. But you know what? James actually explained to us what is wisdom in James chapter 3, verse 17. He says that so also... Uh, verses 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So James is actually I'm defining this wisdom um, that he's talking about. And he defines it not as um, something to know, but he defined it by something it produces. And so for us to know that we have the wisdom or we lack wisdom is then how do you then um, behave? It goes not um, to our what we know, but to how we respond. So wisdom is truth in practice. It's not just knowing the truth, and he has um, explained that and said, like, you know what, we think that Christian um, living and Christian faith is about the knowledge. You say, no, we have demons that knows that Jesus is Lord, but also they shudder. Why? Because Christianity um, should be seen in our walk. Our walk is so important to God because it distinguishes those who are truly genuine believers and those who are not. Because anyone can, can become a hypocrite and say, like, hey, I'm a believe, and be a double-minded person. But James is saying, like, no, there should be a consistent of someone who obeys and who acts and lives in a manner, um, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. So we need this wisdom. Why? Because we need to be able to discern what is right and wrong. We need to know what is good um, from evil. 
Um, we need this wisdom because it is the power that enables a person to do and say the right thing at the right time. So when we face trials, I don't know what kind of trials you are, are going through, but be it physical, emotional, moral, or spiritual, um, during that time, we need to have God's wisdom. We need to ask him. We need to be prayerful. You know what prayer does? It humbles us. It, it really breaks us. It, it doesn't change God. But it changes us. It aligns us to the will of God. And so it, it shows that we are in, uh, on our own, we cannot do it, and we are in desperate need of God. And so when we don't pray, it shows that we are, we are prideful, we feel self-sufficient, we think, no, we, don't, we are doing just well. And you know what? Trials comes. They crushes our bank accounts. They take away our, our health. And so we realize that now we are in a position where we cannot do anything to help ourselves. And so that's when most of us will think of prayer. But that way we're using prayer as a spare wheel. But it should be more like a steering wheel. It should be, um, it should be, uh, we should really acknowledge um, day by day, moment by moment, that we don't have strength of our own. We don't have wisdom of our own. We don't have the ability of our own. He is enabling us of all that we can, um, and and he's the provider of all that we have. And so we need to be coming to him, and not as those who are double-minded, but we need to come fully, giving ourselves fully unto him, submitting ourselves fully unto him, and asking in the right way, knowing that this is the will of God. And now he tells us that wisdom is the will of God, and we should seek that because we need peace. We need um, to be pure. We need righteousness. We need what he described as um, the wisdom as in practice. So because the opposite is that the worldly wisdom, that's even James carried on in, in chapter 3, that there's a worldly response. A worldly wisdom, which he said is demonic, is devilish, is not of God, is of the world. And so it's sick of the world, but God's wisdom seeks of um, what is godly. And so our lives, should, we should know that um, godly wisdom will produce godly conduct. And only when we don't have the wisdom of God, we will um, have those quarrels. We will um, be jealous and envious, um, and we will sin in many ways um, than the other. So James is saying, like they um, inspired by God, um, that the right godly response to trial is that we have to see that it is God who's working all these things. Um, he's in charge, and that's why we can even rely on him because he's in charge. If God wasn't in charge of the universe, of everything, then why would we want to pray? Um, so it's like we need to understand that he's working all these things to make us to be like Christ. And so we can have joy in the midst of trials. It's not like happiness that we are laughing, but we say it is well with my soul even while going through this. And also we need that um, to be prayerful because um, God is in charge. And some people say, like, if God is in charge, why then do we want prayer? 
But then I've seen many people who goes to the school. They want to. They want the headmaster. When they go to the store, they want the manager. And because even if a tailor can tell you the same thing, but you're like, no, you cannot make things happen. I need somebody who is really in charge. We can make things happen. I need to speak to decision maker. And even if it goes your way, tailor, that's fine. But I know I have reached that highest level of authority to make a call on this one. And so hence, we need God to make a call on our own lives. And we need to be prayerful. But not only that, lastly, we need humility. We need humility. We need to humble ourselves. He said, let the lowly brother, from verse 9 to verse 12, he said, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and let the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with his scorching heat, and with us the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in his midst, in, his, um, in the midst of his pursuits. And so, not to scare you, because um, I know where I am today, um, so not to scare you, it doesn't mean that we all need to be living in an informal settlement in Soweto to be godly. But then, um, definitely, there is um, there's a call here to say, um, for those who are poor, those who are less privileged in this world, should not focus on their lack of material things, but rather, they should focus on their abundant spiritual blessings. And so we can be pitiful in our prideful way and say, oh, I'm the, I'm the needy. And, and like, um, if you are like me, I will even play the race card. Like, just because I'm black, you're treating me like this. And so um, that can be prideful. Um, pride from my side and so um, is the rich man. I'm thinking that um, with his wealth, he can attain and get whatever he wants. And he, he, he feeling like, I'm secured, I'm fine. But God's saying like, hey, the rich and the poor, they all die. There's no, money cannot sustain our lives. Money cannot save us. Same as, as poverty cannot save us um, and give us um, a gate pass to heaven just because I'm poor and black and I'm, I, I live in the township in Soweto. No. It doesn't work like that. And so he, he, we are, even in the midst of um, trials, um, to, to humble ourselves, um, to realize that actually um, being rich and mater- and having this a lot of material cannot buy us long life or eternal life, and yet um, we are to trust in Christ. We all need Christ. Humility um, talks about how we realize how wretched we are without him and that nothing else can sustain and, and preserve us, but only God can. And hence, we need that humility. And as I close, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you are a child of God, a true, <clears throat> your true value, your true wealth should be found in Jesus Christ. And if you are poor, be encouraged that God will one day exalt you with true riches in the heavenly realm. 
And so um, all of us, we are to be thankful to the Lord um, for what he has blessed us or what he has um, withhold and, and, be, uh, and seek humility, knowing that our ultimate value is not in what we don't have or what we have, but our ultimate value is, should be found in Christ and not in our possession. And I think I have made the point clear that um, both... Um, those who are poor or even um, poverty and riches can drive away from God into selfishness. And so the purpose here is that we do not deviate from the truth and go astray um, either way, but we need to um, purposely and intentionally seek Jesus Christ. I mentioned in the beginning um, that we are to walk in the manner worthy and it's not going to be <clears throat> like um, a walk in the path. Christianity is like we are in the battlefield. And we are like really in the war zone. And so we need to understand that, that things are not just going to be easy. But what keeps us going? What keeps the fire burning? Christian had this concern, like, what, what's happening when he was exposed um, to the fire burning against the wall and, and with somebody busy pouring water to that fire, trying to quench it, yet did not um, su- succeed. And he was wondering, what is going on here? And the interpreter answered and said, this fire is the work of grace that is rolled into, into the heart. He that casts water upon it to extinguish and put it out is the devil. But in that, you see the fire notwithstanding burn higher and burn higher and hotter. You will also see the reason that so he had him about the backside of the wall where he saw a man with a vessel of oil in his hand of which he did also continually cast. And so Christian was, was wondering what's going on here, and interpreter answered that this is Christ who continually, um, with the oil of his grace, maintained the work already begun in the heart, by the means of which, notwithstanding what the devil can do, the souls of the people prove generously, generous deal. And in that you saw that the men stood behind the wall to maintain the fire. This is to teach you that it is hard for the tempted to see how this work of grace is maintained in the soul. And so um, John Bunyan gives us this uh, metaphor to understand that um, as we desire and as we seek to walk in the manner worthy because of the hope we have of eternal life, of the future, um, then um, how how do we carry on? And he say, hey, we carry on. Just see um, the big picture um, is that God, you, you who are true Christians, you will work for your salvation, um, work your salvation with fear and trembling. But you will do that because there is somebody behind the scene who is busy fueling you who is busy, I'm working in you to will and to do good works. So we are not able on our own to do that which is good 
um, but he works in us that we have the will um, to do what is right, to respond in the right way, to act in the right way. We have that will and the um, ability, um, capability to do so because he enables us. So trials would come to test your faith. And those who are genuine, um, true Christians, they will persevere and bless it is the man who remains steadfast under trials. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And I pray that we will not perish, despair, be despondent or discouraged, but we will um, be trusting in God and allowing him to work his will in us. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we pray that may you help us, just like David, to treasure this word in our hearts, that when we face trials of different kinds, um, we will respond godly. We ask for your grace, knowing that we are unable to do so on our own will, but we pray for more grace that we can respond godly. In Jesus' name, amen.